Welcome back, everybody, to Thanks for Your Concern. You're here with Berenice. And I'm Ella. Good good morning, good afternoon, good night, wherever you're listening to this. So, Happy fucking Wednesday. You know what's crazy? Like, we can see some stuff. I don't want to out ourselves too much, but we can see what time people listen. And some of you are listening at, like, 3 a.m., and I'm like, wow, that's, like, commitment. Like, I don't know what you're doing at 3 a.m., but, like, I'm glad it's with us. <laughs> Yeah, whenever you're hearing this, we love it. Um, welcome back. We have a super fun episode to get into that I'm actually really excited about. But before that, Berenice, how was your Halloween weekend? Wow, yeah, Halloween, huh? Spooky, spooky season is now wraps. It was interesting to say the least. Honestly, it's been cal- calmer than most Halloweens I've had in the past. I vividly remember my Miley Cyrus year, and then this Halloween has been a lot different, which is good. Um, mm-hmm. in a lot of different ways, had a lot of life lessons this Halloween. Friday night, I went to Poppy Juice, which is like basically like an event based for like BIPOC communities. And I was dressed as Catwoman and I like brought my whip out and I was just like really embodying being fucking Catwoman. I was really feeling it. The thing is the place I went had just like really expensive drinks and I was like, oh, it's just a real big bummer when you have to fucking spend like 200 bucks to get drunk. Like I'm not about those vibes. That just seems like really counterproductive to my lifestyle. So I was like, well, you know what? Maybe I'll finesse. Well, this was a BIPOC event. So I was partying with the gays. And the Uh gays are not going to buy me drinks, okay? So it's okay. I basically was sober most of the night, went home, was completely sober by the time I got home, got home kind of early. And I was like, wow, this is a new aesthetic for me. Love this for me. Saturday was messy. But I learned things that night. One of them (laughs) is that I'm going through changes, and I know I am. And one of my biggest things when I've been drunk is that I try to run away from my friends. And that has never been my aesthetic. Like, I'm not a runner. I very much so, like, love the people I surround myself with. So running away is, like, so out of character for me. Like, bitch, why are you lost? Like, why are you lost at, like, 3 a.m. and your friends are like, where are you? And you're like, I don't know. But you really do know where you're at. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, I had to sit with myself and kind of ask myself, what is going on, per se? And I then, I don't know what the feeling is. I can't quite pinpoint it, but I just felt like I wanted to block everybody. Like not everybody, but like I have about 10 people. I was just ready to hit a block, 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 block. And I've never felt like that before. So I was just like, wow, that seems really dramatic. How about we do something else? We block everybody. Uh, So I activated my Instagram today and I deleted my Snapchat. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, girl. (laughs) I know. I Okay, and I'm not drinking for a month. So I just like, yeah. So, you know, I was just sitting there and it's not like I'm unhappy or anything. I just like feel like I'm genuinely like in a very transitional period in my life where I just feel like I know exactly kind of like what I want and like I just need to focus and get to it. And Mm -hmm. a lot of things have been like kind of toxic distractions and I just need to step away from all that. And yeah, I just was spending a lot of time on social media, like thinking about things like that aren't really productive. So I thought, let's just wipe the slate clean and let's just have 
a month where I can just really take care of myself and put time into my goals and my and things I just want to grow for my future, you know? Hell so, yeah. Yeah. I love that for you. Thank you. So it's been good. What about you? You guys, I've been so sick. I don't have COVID because I've, I mean, I'm testing negative for COVID, but I was so sick this whole weekend. Like literally like my nose was just literally like not to be gross, but was just running, like just running. Oh, I God. looked like, like a three-year-old just with like, and so I literally did nothing but blow my nose this whole fucking weekend, which is <laughs> cool, whatever. <laughs> but what was funny about it is, is, you know, I'm sitting at home, you know, enjoying some nice little hot apple cider and watching fun movies with myself while my roommate was out drinking and doing God knows what. And I was looking on Snapchat and I was getting all the, you know, all of the memories of Halloween's past. And it was like five years ago today, I was, me and Berenice were puss in boots and it was ah. funny or no, what we were. We were. We've been a lot of things. We were boots and oh, Dora and boots. Dora and boots, and I was boots because I was wearing a boot because I had my ankle broken from a previous drunken L, and I was like, "Wow, I yeah. forgot about that." But um, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I felt better on Sunday a little bit, and I redid my office slash studio. We're we're making moves, okay? We're remodeling. I've decided to settle down a little bit more to get my area in like a more copacetic place, invest a little bit more time and energy into my space. So I actually want to be in it. Yeah. So I'm feeling good. I feel like I literally, when I was sick, I was like, once I get better, it's over for these bitches. Like I feel <laughs> like once I get my energy back and I'm not fucking sick, I'm going to be fucking, I'm killing the game. So I'm feeling good in good spirits. Uh, really trying to, if you haven't listened, go back and listen to not being seasonally depressed. I live in Seattle, babes, and we're getting to the time where like, I, I you, you got to get outside in the middle of the day to see the sunlight. That's where yeah. we're at. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I'm working real hard to just avoid seasonal depression because if you don't actively try to not be seasonally depressed, you'll be seasonally depressed. I guarantee yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I'm focused on. And let's hope that the seasonal depression just, I'm going to just like, it, am I, strug Avoid it, am like I the struggling with seasonal depression or is seasonal depression struggling with me? Yeah, it's not going to get me this year, bitch. Uh -uh. Nah, mm -hmm. <laughs> you stay the fuck away from me. Honestly, I love this for us. I feel like we're in the same vibes. We're, we're radiating positivity and activity and productivity. So get your EVDs on. <laughs> this, <laughs> week, <laughs> this week, we are um, talking about something very dear and close to my heart. Our girls, Lana Del Rey and Taylor Swift. <laughs> You know, it's gonna it's gonna be like it's all it's about the same kind of thing. You know how their yeah. music kind of got us fucked up. You know, got us feeling <laughs> like a certain type of way. Yeah, and so we're just gonna talk about it and vent. I got some beef, Lana. I'm coming. I've for got you, some bitch. beef. <laughs> all, right. all right, are you ready to get into the beef? Yeah, let's start the episode. Let's 
let's start. You want to start off with your beef with Lana? Yeah. Okay. So essentially, Lana Del Rey came into my life when I entered high school. And, you know, as a 15 year old girl, should I have been listening to Lana Del Rey talk about how much, how to romanticize losers (laughs) and toxic ass relationships? Did that fundamentally maybe fuck me up? Yeah. You know what? What like literally listening to a Lana Del Rey album makes me feel like it makes me feel like I should be floating in a pool with a cigarette, like, <laughs> just like just on your back with a cigarette in your mouth, just floating, <laughs> listening to it, like like severely depressed, like. <laughs> Yes. And like the thing is growing up in Seattle, that's exactly what the vibe was. Like people yeah. used to get their first pack of cigarettes at the age of 15, right? And, oh my gosh. And that was like the aesthetic. And you were like a sad girl because you were listening to Lana and thinking about how you have this forbidden or un unacquire love for who for a 16 year old dude that like doesn't wash his own clothing whose mom does his laundry like that's sickening (laughs) i feel like the probably like the easiest like differentiator in high school was like were you a girl that smoked cigarettes or were you happy okay it's just like (laughs) one or the other you couldn't be both yeah i remember my first pack of cigarettes people could judge me i don't care uh it it was a pack of newports okay oh god the lowest of the barrel the beggars can't be choosers you gotta get someone to buy that shit for you i my cigarette of choice was turkish royals oh you were classier got it yeah No, but this is, I think this is why I fucked with Newports is because, you know, they were menthols. So it's yeah. like, I can't go to space now, but that's okay. <laughs> because they did it, they tasted a little better. I then came to find out that cigarette smoking was really about the aesthetic. It wasn't about the, it, I didn't like it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I tried. Oh, yeah. I Especially did. like you're 16. <laughs> you got like brand new lungs, damn near. And you're just tearing them up with cigarettes. Turns out. I don't have an addictive personality. I very much so realized yeah. that I that cigarettes were gross for me and they made me feel icky. And I was just like, here you go. You can have this. This is not for me. But I wanted to have that aesthetic of the sad bitch that smokes cigs and listen to Lana and, cr- and cry about my feelings. I had a come to Jesus moment with cigarettes where I literally was like, I can't even buy these. Like, these are literally not for me. Like, I had to get an older boy to buy them for me. And I just literally was like, bro, you're way too young to be at rock bottom, you know? Yeah, I will say. Give up the cigarettes. You know what? I still have my flashbacks to Lana because I was raised on that where I'm like feeling angsty and I'm like, ah. I'm just going to put on a good old Lana album and go on a long walk in the dark. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, I think to just kind of break it down a little bit is like she'd really normalize like having these toxic ass relationships. Like and a lot of I think a lot of artists do this where it's like this idea of that like love is also tied with pain. Right. Yeah. And I don't like that. I don't like that concept because I feel like relationships yes there are challenges and there are things that are painful but it normalizes a lot of hurt that somebody can do to you and you're still in kind of like this trance because quote unquote it's love yeah which I don't know I I think for me if you're unable like to pull away from somebody that's causing you harm 
that's not love. That's like, that's giving obsession. That's giving manipulation. You know what I mean? Like, that's not what love should feel like. And as somebody who has been in love, like, I think you can be in stages of love and it's okay to fall out of love. But as somebody that has been in love and at least like, I would say like a, a solid year of like good communication, good things. And I know what that feels like, like everything else just comes so short and romanticizing being in pain for most of your relationship in the name of love is just sad. Like, I don't like that. Yeah, I think I think I mean, especially like when you're young and impressionable, like I think you cling on to anything. And so, you know, we'll do Taylor Swift in a bit. But like, I literally just like sometimes I'm like, damn, I should not have been listening to that. Like, that is not what the type of energy I needed, you know? Yeah, it's like the concept. It's like, oh, when boys are mean to you is because they like you when you're like young. No, (laughs) if a man likes you, he'll be nice to you and treat you with some goddamn respect because that's the bare fucking minimum they can really do, bro. And I kind of wish, you know, like if Lana could use her talents to sing about something positive, like he keeps his word and loves to communicate. Like, wow, that would have been a game changer. Mm-hmm. And Definitely. O- overall, do you feel like there isn't a lot of information growing up about what obviously you have examples in your life of what like healthy or non healthy looks like, right? But no one ever talks about what a healthy relationship should look like when you're young. And I feel like people- I mean, yeah, I mean, we could do a whole episode about this, but I think that I think you can there's like not obviously like a good love story where there's no problems, there's no turmoil, like doesn't sell movies and TV shows and stuff, but that leaves us with like a disparity of just like only seeing toxic relationships. And so like even <laughs> You know, I'll give like a you know just some things you see. You see like Twilight, toxic. dude. That that <laughs> is so fucking beyond toxic, and I idealize that for years. And it's the same thing with Lana and Taylor Swift. Is that like I really looked up to these women because they are talented, beautiful, amazing. And it's like okay, well if Lana is getting treated like that, <laughs> if Lana well, gets treated like shit, then it's okay if I get treated yeah, like right? shit. Like. <laughs> That's what we have in common, right? Is that we both are getting treated like shit by men. And we're both sad, you know? So it just, like, brings you some kind of inner peace that it probably shouldn't. It's relatable. We're all in this together. And it's not even men like, oh, my God, her song about video games. Uh, There's a video of her talking about it. And she's like, yeah, I just wrote that one summer when I just used to hang out with my boyfriend. And I would just watch him play video games. And I was like, Lana, you were caught up on a loser. (laughs) God, could not be me. (laughs) She was setting the bar so low for us girlies and we didn't even know. (laughs) I know. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Summertime sadness is the ultimate bub, okay? Every time I get on an Uber and I'm a little tipsy dipsy with my girlfriends, the first question is, do you have an aux cord? Or do you know summertime sadness? The remix, to be specific. And then you sing for the rest of your ride until you get to the next bar. You know, summertime sadness, it really fucks me up. Like, that song really fucks me up just because it's like, uh, like... It, 
you know, it, it normalizes depression all year round. You know, it's 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 not yeah. just the seasonal depression. We're seasonally depressed in the summertime, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Another song that really got me fucked up um, when it came out was Young and Beautiful mm. from the great Gapsy, Gapsby. Uh, that yeah. came out my senior year of high school, and I believe we had to read The Great Gatsby, yeah. and I watched the movie. Yeah. Bro, like, I literally <laughs> was, like, fucking in thralls, like, literally, like, throwing, screaming, like, fucking bawling, like, oh, my God, like, I don't know why, but I was just like, oh, my God, like, I'm not going to be this young. Like, I'm going to fucking get old and, like, no one's going to fucking love me. Like, what if I never find love but while I'm young and beautiful, you know? And I was just like, fucking, like, oh, my God. And I was just so upset by this song. And I, there's something about her vocal cords that just, like, make you want to cry. Or maybe that's just me. No, yeah. I, I love Lana Del Rey. <laughs> Don't get me, me wrong. Me too. That bitch is talented as fuck. You could, I have a bunch of songs for her. But sometimes you just sit there with the lyrics and you're like I don't like this (laughs) and you're like what is this that is embedded in my brain that I sing without really thinking about you know influencing me to be and I mean well I will say about like the young and beautiful stuff that I have learned I guess recently is that there's gonna be younger people than you and it's that come into somebody's life that maybe you had feelings for and it's gonna feel weird I remember one time (laughs) I was at a rave and I guess this dude I uh, had a thing with started seeing somebody new. I did not know her. She was 21. I'm a 26 year old. I consider myself a woman, you know, and I just remember her turning to me and and she was like, oh, this is like my second rave. And I was like, oh, cool. Like I've been raving for 10 years. And she's like, oh, my God, you could be my rave mom. And I literally looked at her, <laughs> looked around, and I was like, someone can get this bitch. Like, I can't. I can't. Oh I can't. Like, that is so fucking disrespectful. She called you old. Oh, God. And she pretended to not know what was the fuck is going on. But, you know, every girl knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every girl knows who you are. But actually, I, there's a second part of that story. Then the Halloween weekend, I saw her again. And um, I came in as myself, the Grinch. You mm-hmm. know, if you're going to come out, here's the thing I have to say to anybody young and impressionable if, or anybody. If you're going to show up to something, show up ready to fucking win, okay? Don't have sense oh. shit in your life. So, you know, you show up. You show up ready to win. So I showed up ready to win my life, just being my gracious, beautiful self. Homegirl sees me. She went home and changed. See, I would be too embarrassed to fucking change. I would just be like, fuck, she she won. And then I would just let it at that. Like, it's even more embarrassing to be like, oh, let, I got one up. Let me go home and try one up her. Like, that's so embarrassing. Like, I just would take the L and it's, just know for next time. It's not a competition. I truly believe that you're only in competition with yourself. But I do believe that you should always show up to win. Girl, let's get that print <laughs> I'm going to put some wall art in the room. Show up to win. <laughs> love that. I love that. Um, as women get older, our dating pool sometimes gets smaller because usually men will date younger versus like women dating younger, you know? And so if this happens, just remember like, mama, you're her inspiration. Like, <laughs> like I look at 30 year old women and I'm like, I want to be her in four years. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not yep. thinking, I'm not thinking like, oh my God, she's old. Like, that's not the first thing I ever like think about. I'm excited to be 30, y'all. I got two years and I just, I can't wait. 
Yeah, I think 30s are gonna be fucking great. 30, flirty, and thriving. <laughs> Should we now talk about our girl, T-Swift? Yeah, our girl, T-Swift. You know, I I just want to preface this with I have such a love-hate relationship with Taylor Swift. Uh, I, I will tell you, in the past years, I've been in the top 1% of listeners in the world of Taylor Swift. But we got a love-hate relationship, okay? Her newest album, not a huge fan, okay? Not a huge fan, but whatever. I will tell you, the thing about Taylor Swift is is that we're almost the same age. She's like a couple years ahead of me. So anytime she puts out like, when you're 16, I was 16, all right? <laughs> 22, all those ones that she put out, I, I, I was right there. She released that album, I was 16, and she said, somebody's gonna tell you they love you, you're gonna believe them. And then I'm sitting there, fuck, bitch. You got me. You fucking got me. This is the realest bitch in the world. Yeah. The, I was on the bus the other day. Not on the bus, on the subway. And this girl was blasting teardrops on my guitar. And I was like, damn, she knows pain. I was like, she's going through something. Because that song's 15 years old. So <laughs> I'll tell you. My biggest, like, the part that I hate is just that, like, Homegirl it plays the, Homegirl is the victim in a lot of these songs, and it made me feel like I'm the victim and I'm not the problem at all. You know what I'm saying? When mm-hmm. maybe sometimes it was me. Um, Sometimes we are the problem. But yeah. I will say that everybody has an accountability and, like, uh, like they everybody plays a part. So at the end of the day, I think you can be the problem, but the person, the other person can also be the problem. <laughs> you can both be the problem. Uh, however, how you rally from those situations, I think tells more about someone's character because you can be the problem, acknowledge you were the problem and try to fucking better yourself. Or you could be the problem and then stick being the problem. That is one, uh, another big lesson I learned this year. Some people are going to be trash because they want to be trash because they are. And you just have to let them be trash on their own away from you. Well, if shit, <laughs> if that ain't the truth, I don't know what it is. Yeah, it really fucking is. Um, Taylor Swift. I have I've liked her music, obviously grew up with her music. I've never been like a T-Swift fan. Like I think her fans go hard. You know, it's giving she was the Harry Styles of the past. That's how fucking people I think like Taylor Swift. Like people still like Taylor Swift. Oh, like that's that. very I true. Love, I love. I mean, I've never seen her in concert. That's on my bucket list just to say I did. But um, um, one of my favorite memories of Ella is we went to Vegas one year. I don't think Ella was sober for any of that trip. But no. um, one vivid memory is that she would come in and out of her blackout slash naps singing bad reputation and then it was like her own rendition of that reputation and then you would break out into like an edm mix or like i don't know what like if you have this mix in mind but she's like bad reputation and then she goes brew brew oh <laughs> y'all secretly i mean maybe i'll be a dj one day but i swear to god <laughs> I have a list of songs that I feel like would really be bangers if they got remixed. And I do feel like Taylor Swift's reputation would be a good banger if it was remixed into some bass shit. I feel like I still stand by that. Um, I, I agree with you. I, it's not too late. We could still do it. I, know. I really wanted to be DJs in college, and I think we could have done it. And one time, Ella comes up to me and she goes, can I share something with you? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know, anything, girl. 
she's like I think like sometimes I it like I can hear the, the sound like the music in my head so I just sing it and record it <laughs> You played this recording for me. Have you seen it? And it was like, In my defense, I still have it. Oh, yeah, I definitely still have it. In my defense, I feel like if, you know, you can't really sing EDM music, but I was doing my best. Like, I could hear the beats. I could hear it in my head. I just couldn't produce it on a little computer computer, okay? So that's where the disconnect is. Um, <laughs> she tried torrenting, like, Logic Pro, I think it was. Oh, my God. We, we tried. We tried. It's yeah. it, There's a really big fucking learning curve to that shit, <laughs> yeah. okay? Let me tell you that. I have I have a MIDI. Dude, you'd think I fucking make music in this goddamn studio. I literally have everything <laughs> you need to make music in this studio. <laughs> but every time I've tried, I'm like, oh, my God, I don't know where the fuck to start. But um, now that we're just talking about embarrassing to- stories, I'll just tell you my <laughs> embarrassing T-Swift story. So I liked this boy in the freshman year, Okay. I liked him. Oh, how like college? Oh, how old no. were you? Give us context. Yes, freshman year of high school. I liked this boy. You always bring all these stories. This is just relevant to the fucking episode. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. This it's- is for the fifteen-year-olds that listen. Yeah, we're here for you. Fifteen-year-olds that listen, you're funny. It's a fu- <laughs> anyone can relate to this. Everyone's done this, right? Yeah. So, yeah, liked this boy freshman year of high school and. He started dating somebody else. Fuck and I had an iPod Nano with Taylor Swift <laughs> loaded onto that. I had that T Swift music video for You Belong to Me. No. No. Yep. Which basically, <laughs> she wears oh. short skirts. I wear t shirts. She's chick captain. I'm on the bleachers. I thought that song was about us. When you dream about the day when you wake up and find what you're looking for has been here the whole time. I would play it over and over and over again, being like, this is about us. She gets it. So, uh, yeah, it was on my top 25 most played song. I played that song maybe 365 times in a 180-day period, two times a day, maybe four or five times sometimes, okay? I thought that this bitch was... I literally believed Taylor Swift's albums more than I did the Bible, okay? I thought it was new gospel, the gospel according to Taylor Swift. Okay, since we're now sharing cringe-worthy stories about love songs, I can't say that you're the only one. And I feel like everyone can relate to this because some songs about some of the dumbass little men I liked in high school... It was a lot of Adele. Like, I thought Adele was speaking mm. about our love story. And yes. That is so fucking embarrassing. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, in the same realm of life, recently I got an apology letter, right? And I, uh, said, I, I said I wouldn't share it, but listen, sometimes I guess we was go back it handwritten? Yeah. And the last thing in the letter was this quote from The Fault in Our Stars, right? Talking about, like, I'm in love with <laughs> you. If you watch the movie, you will realize that this quote is talking about them dying. So while the quote itself was a prophecy of his love for me, I was also like, sir, you do realize we don't have cancer and neither of us are dying, right? (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) 
Oh, wow. <laughs> so we've all been there, is what you're saying. <laughs> Even this man. <laughs> Where you just take the, you copy and paste the wrong love story and you think it's about you. This is actually about you being a dumbass. And I am confused as how this relates to people that are in love that are dying of cancer. But okay. Whatever. Whatever <laughs> speaks to that, you. We'll, we'll go with that. it. Okay. Um, it's giving, I think all of these are giving delusion, right? Like Taylor Swift was adding to my delusions, um, about this boy who really probably never thought about me. I don't think he was lying in bed awake thinking about me. Um, but in my, if we're being real, he probably never thought about me, but in my delusions, he was. So that's why Taylor Swift, you know, she kind of had me fucked up. And then the other thing, the last thing is. She just made me think that, like, all breakups are content, you know? Oh. Like, if she can write whole albums, I can at least write a couple jokes, you know? <sighs> That's what the good and bad part about doing it for the plot right. really comes down to. Because we're always, like, out here, just do it for the plot, and then you get your fucking feelings hurt. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know if it was worth it. <laughs> Not gonna lie, it really wasn't, actually. <laughs> the plot was doing just fine. <laughs> It was already messy as it was. Yeah. So maybe don't do it for the plot. Do it for the plot <laughs> if it only involves you and character development. Don't do it for the plot if you're bringing in sketchy characters. You know what I mean? Yeah. If there isn't like a definite line of like where you're trying to go with this character and they have proven that maybe they're a good person. Maybe let's not do it for the plot. Yeah, because, like, you're the writer of your own story, but you can't control them. Yeah. <laughs> you can't and, control what that character does, so. And if you're okay with either outcome, then you can do it for the plot. But if you're truly not okay with actually being in shambles in three months, maybe don't do it for the plot. Pass. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <God. sighs> All right. Lasting thoughts, I guess, uh, from all of this. Because we got sad girl vibes. We got toxic relationships. We got a lot of fucking shit. I recently read It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover. I'm very Oh, I have that book. You haven't read it? I have not read it. I literally have it on my to-read bookshelf. Okay, well, you need to pick it up today so we can discuss it. Oh, great. Um, Love it. We'll do. Should I not say? No, I'll literally, I'll go read it right now. Okay, perfect. Okay, well, regardless, it talks about cycles, right? And... One thing that really stood with me was that the idea of like, if you're in something that isn't good for you and you're constantly going in circles, you need to break that shit, right? Like at one point or another. So if you feel unhappy in your relationship, somebody's making you sad, drop them. If you feel stuck in your life, in your work, in your career, change it. Like anything that is impacting your life, you are the only person that really has the power to fundamentally change your life. And I think, yes, it's difficult because we fall into habits that are comfortable or the unknown can be scary. But if you're sitting with yourself and you're genuinely going through something and you know that it's not giving what you already got, mix it fucking up. Break those cycles. If for me, the drinking, I was, I drank three days for my birthday and then I was sad for three more days because alcohol is a depressant. Then I got back to my regular self and then it was Halloween weekend. So now I had to drink again. And it's like, do you have to drink, bitch? No, I don't have to drink. So how am I going to break it? I'm going to be sober for a month so I 
can be with my thoughts by myself, be happy. And if after a month I feel like I want to continue that, then we continue that. But the only way to change something is really you just got to fucking do it. Yeah. You got to break, break the cycle, baby, with whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Don't be def- sad. This yep. is not summertime sadness. Mm-mm. This is not seasonal depression. We are we're working on happiness. <laughs> we're not going to be crying in the rain to Taylor Swift's new album Mm-mm. in public, no. waiting for the bus. It's not no. happening, okay? It's not happening. <laughs> That's the moral of the story. That's the moral of the episode. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And per fucking usual, please go follow us on Instagram. I am not on my personal anymore, but I will be on the Things for Your Concern one. So it's at things number four, your concern. And I'm at LL Tudor. Please go subscribe. And since I'm not on Instagram, which I do most of my promotions on, tell a friend about our podcast. Send this episode yeah. to your to the bitch you grew up with that knows that loved Lana Del Rey. Okay, or Taylor Swift. Send it to them. Or hate both. Yeah, send it to them too. Yeah. Tell, tell them what's up. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.